everybody and welcome to this edition of Made in Europe. I'm joined by my co-host Dieter Weiss of Informa and Bo from GPV. Everybody knows Dieter, very well known in the European industry, um, very much an advocate for the industry and a very knowledgeable consultant on what's going on there and the, uh, the, the, the data that's available in, in that industry. Uh, GPV is a substantial player in Europe. Bo, perhaps you can start by giving us a quick introduction to yourself and to GPV. Uh, dear Philip and uh, Dieter, thank you very much for inviting me to participate uh, in this uh, event here. Uh, my name is Bo Leibeck. I'm CEO of GPV, a uh, uh, Northern European-based uh, EMS player. We are headquartered in Denmark. Uh, I've been in the game since 2008. Uh, GPV is this uh, medium-sized EMS uh, player. Uh, we have uh, factories in uh, seven uh, countries, uh, and uh, we have around uh, 4,000 employees. Okay. So and currently, six... sorry, sorry, go ahead. And currently, if we look at the, at the EMS companies headquartered in Europe, I think we are number uh, six, seven, or eight. So we're in the top ten. Yeah, somewhere yes. around there. And you've been and you've been celebrating your 60th anniversary. How long in that 60-year history have you been? Would you consider yourself to have been doing EMS services? Actually, DPV uh, started out in sheet metal manufacturing. Uh, that is uh, our uh, DPV. That's an abbreviation of uh, sheet metal manufacturing in, in, in Danish. Uh, and uh, we made the first steps into electronics uh, in uh, 1995. So you can say in electronics, we are rather a new player. And I still remember when I joined DPV in uh, 2008 uh, that we were looked at uh, as the newcomer. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that is no longer the case. Um, so uh, I would say formally, uh, we made a big strategic change back in 2012, uh, where we said we want to and we need to be an EMS player. Before that, DPV was organized in divisions of different uh, kinds of uh, focus areas. So formally, and, and I think also what we have actively been doing, uh, EMS, that is since uh, 2012 strategically. Mm. Yeah, and still doing some sheet metal and some other services? Yes, uh, today uh, electronics is our main focus and it has been, been that uh, since 2012, uh, but uh, we also having differentiation and uh, that is uh, true me mechanics, the in-house mechanics as we're doing it today, sheet metal and uh, a different kind of advanced uh, machining and also cable uh, harness uh, is today mm -hmm. uh, a differentiator for us. So we enjoy uh, doing uh, box built uh, products or, or modules, finished products uh, where these different services uh, uh, come together to get together with our design and engineering uh, um, activities headquartered uh, in, in Zurich, um, okay. Switzerland. Okay. Dieter, how important do you think it is these days to have not just capacity, but capability in terms of mechanics, in terms of cabling, as well as the, as well as the PCBA production? Um, I think it is becoming more important every day that you focus on vertical integration, mm -hmm. uh, that you're being the one and only uh, supplier uh, and solution provider 
uh, to your customers rather than your customer having uh, to go uh, for box building to somebody uh, else rather than uh, PCBA manufacturing. Uh, the same thing, and that is uh, to me a little bit worrying at the same time, is that uh, the margins in pure uh, PCBA manufacturings are shrinking because uh, companies are not uh, 100% uh, able to uh, transfer cost increases, which we see at the moment in the semiconductor allocation uh, problems uh, to their customers. And if you just transfer uh, the extra cost of the semiconductor uh, to your customer, it's not good enough. You need to uh, transfer more because you uh, are coping with more problems uh, as you only get part deliveries, mm -hmm. uh, which means machine setup, all of this is getting uh, uh, a cost mm -hmm. issue uh, as yeah. well as inventory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we look at the component shortage, Dieter brings up a very good point. It's doing a number of things. It's creating um, more work in progress, more inventory, cash flow demands. And is putting a little bit of tension on the relationship with your customer. You've written a bit about this recently. How have you been coping? We're trying to work hard every day uh, to cope with it because, of course, uh, it's also a challenge for us. Um, um, maybe we have a, been a little bit uh, fortunate uh, that we back in uh, autumn 2020 uh, started to communicate to our customers around this um, we have been doing a, a, a corona uh, uh, letter to our customers on a regular basis and in, in autumn 2020 we saw and started to see this uh, becoming a, a more uh, challenging situation in the supply chain so we started to communicate about this so um, actually many of our customers they have placed long uh, uh, orders or long forecasts uh, and uh, and that has helped us uh, to a certain extent, but of course we are also hit by by special components, uh, special things that you cannot uh, uh, get, and and of course uh, we also hit by by uh, the higher prices, uh, um, uh, which is a really uh, a troublesome thing as well, mm -hmm. because we actually uh, want to to uh, live up to what we are normally so good at. Uh, uh, that is delivering the right quality. I think we're still uh, good at that, but also the right uh, on-time delivery. And, uh, and on-time delivery has certainly um, been suffering uh, in this last uh, period here. Uh, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, yeah, it's more, but, and more, but, but, more and more difficult. Yes, but on, uh, luckily, or, or, or we are so financially strong that we have been able to, uh, to take on this additional uh, inventory of course, we have to understand that we are not a bank, uh, but we also have to understand that we are here for doing business. And in high mix, low medium volume, which is our focus, there is a certain uh, need for a certain uh, uh, inventory, uh, but, but we have uh, had to invest uh, a lot of uh, free cash in, in inventory during uh, 2021. Yeah. And do you think the pendulum's completely swung from just in time to just in case? That's maybe that's maybe overdoing it. Mm. Uh, that's I hope that's overdoing it uh, um, because we are still uh, delivering, uh, producing, uh, yeah. manufacturing, and delivering every day. Uh, but but uh, it is for sure so that this uh, uh, the inconsistency also in in in, uh, in 
delivery uh, accuracy from our suppliers is also hurting us, of course. Mm. And and you you you, you see, of course, when uh, when we then get uh, some components in uh, that we have been missing for a long long time, and just for the sake of of the picture, and we get them in on a Friday then it's obvious that the customers, uh, they don't understand why they do not get their products on the Monday. Yeah. Uh, and there was nothing that we would uh, wish more than to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, but it, it is uh, a struggle. And uh, um, uh, I have lately internally called this, uh, this supply chain and capacity puzzle. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and we have to 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 work with that, uh, and we are trying hard uh, to to do that every day. Um, unfortunately, we cannot live up to uh, our normally expected high yeah. uh, service level, uh, but we do all what we can to uh, to do it. Yeah, to achieve that, and it seems to be a long tunnel. The light seems quite a long way at the end. How how far do you see it going? I think many people see it going well through twenty twenty two. Yes, I think uh, if uh, if you knew, or if Dieter knew, or if I knew, then uh, we would be in a fantastic situation. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, I don't uh, know it, uh, but but I think that uh, the words you just used can be just as as good as uh, as anybody else's. For sure, uh, it is not over uh, just in the next uh, two or three months. Uh, that mm -hmm. we simply don't see that, and we actually also still see that we have the worst in front of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it will become uh, more complicated. And, and uh, I think on top of it, uh, we have this uh, logistic uh, imbalance in, in the entire world, uh, which is uh, causing a lot of extra uh, troubles. Um, and we are used to these big uh, stories and pictures about how many ships uh, is, is outside of uh, LA and, and Long Beach. Mm -hmm. But also if you take the small uh, stories, uh, I have a good uh, friend, he's having his own business and he's getting a container in with some uh, uh, raw materials uh, on a regular basis. And now he does not get this one container. He maybe have to wait and wait and then he gets yeah. three or four containers uh, yeah. in at the same time. And he has no place to place all these goods uh, and no people to uh, unload them fast enough. So these three, four containers, they are they are caught up uh, for much longer time than normally. Uh, and we, if we just think about the, the uh, hundreds of thousands of, uh, of uh, businesses around, and if they all uh, are uh, capturing three, four, five mm. extra containers, then we can understand this uh, is something which is quite uh, yeah. dramatic. It's a serious, yeah, it's a serious problem. Dieter, you, you talk to a lot, of, uh, a lot of EMS guys every single day. Are you are you of the sense that this problem is quite long term and it'll take some time to to for us to see any correction, any balance? Well, um, uh, you know um, that from a logistical point of view, uh, we are talking about the bullwhip effect, which means uh, people are overreacting. They have been double or triple ordering uh, just in order to receive uh, uh, some goods, they have been pulling uh, delivery dates forward uh, just uh, in case that by the end of the day, uh, they finally get uh, some of the goods. Um, so um, in actual fact, what we have seen already is that the semiconductor industry has reduced their forecasts for the uh, fourth quarter, uh, which means that they foresee 
uh, that uh, uh, the demand is now slowing down and we are getting more to better book to bill rates uh, uh, again. Um, and um, I know that my personal opinion is very aggressive, but I think uh, there is a certain chance that by the end of the first quarter next year, uh, we see a substantial relief. On the other yeah. hand, we see something which uh, might be an interesting uh, question for Bo as well. Uh, I get this feeling that uh, in reaction to the problems uh, now, some big OEMs try to change uh, uh, the contracts uh, with their uh, suppliers uh, in order to uh, make them responsible in case uh, some of the uh, semiconductor or other components have another allocation problem, which mm. is a, a very dangerous situation. And uh, I can only recommend... Uh, um, don't uh, start an okay. argument with your customer about changing of contracts. Um, contracts are the way they are and not to be changed, period. Yeah, yeah, there's some stress there, Bo, in terms of the relationship. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that there will be some uh, some challenges on, on the backside of this. Uh, and uh, and I can easily understand what you were saying, Dieter, that there many have maybe overbooked and 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 so on. So uh, uh, so I think the, these challenges that uh, you were speaking to, Dieter, the, the 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 level of those will also depend on how uh, is this situation going to be resolved. Is it a balloon exploding, uh, or is it uh, more a balloon where the the air is going out uh, more yeah, slowly? Yeah. Um, I, I think that will make a big, big difference to to how uh, harsh uh, these uh, things uh, will be um, coming to us. Yeah. We strongly believe that uh, if if we are behaving uh, well, sensibly, uh, in also in difficult times, uh, then there will also on the other side, uh, on the customer side, be. Uh, well knowing that, uh, that that is what we have been doing. We have customers where we have been working together for uh, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think you can only do that uh, if you are uh, behaving in, in an orderly way. And, and orderliness, I know, might not have so much uh, value today when you have to go down to, to, to your shop and buy something. Uh, but I think in, in still in business, I hope that it has a, a great value. At least we value very much when our customers are also uh, behaving well. Um, and that is not the same as, as we are not uh, 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 ambitious uh, together and that we are not uh, uh, also uh, um, having uh, uh, tough conversations because mm. of course in this these times, the customers, they expect that we are able to deliver better than we're actually doing. So, of course, there are, are tough uh, discussions and, and a lot of escalations. And I think that is actually also uh, fine and, and OK, um, yeah. as long as it's done in an orderly way. Yeah, mm. I think that open and honest communication is a huge part of that, bow and building those very strong, solid relationships that... Um, that are lasting allow you to do that, but there's no doubt there's stress on that. When I look mm -hmm. at some of the supply chain issues and I look at what's been going on in the world over the last couple of years, I often come to the conclusion that the answer is shorter supply chains. 
Um, and in some ways that plays to this idea of regionalization and maybe a European manufacturing renaissance. But then when I, you know, when I look at things like sustainability, I keep thinking shorter supply chains. Is there a case where we need to be making more in region for region and we can cut down some of these, you know, potential logistic problems? Do you see your global footprint able to help people um, manufacture with shorter supply chains? Uh, if that was directed to me, then I'll, uh, I'll start out. And then, uh, Dido, you probably also have some more general uh, observations on this, because I think it is something which uh, is not 100% uh, clear yet. Um, we, we, we see a tendency that, uh, that customers, they are uh, more concerned about how they, they, where they place their, their goods to be manufactured. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still see that... Uh, uh, Asia is, is still a, a predominant uh, place for, for us and for many customers to, to place uh, higher volume uh, EMS uh, goods, even in, in the industry that we are in, uh, high mix, low medium volume. Um, but I'm uh, sure that, uh, that uh, we will see an increased focus uh, on uh, sustainability, that we are also behaving uh, in an orderly way in, in, in this sense. And in, in GPV, we, we are uh, uh, putting a lot of uh, resources into to mapping our CO2 uh, footprint. Uh, mm -hmm. And we have uh, started to receive the many requests from customers. Uh, so what are you actually doing? Uh, what can we do together uh, in order to, uh, to uh, reduce uh, the uh, CO2 footprint? As an example, there are other elements, of course, in ESG or... or, or or sustainability goals. Um, and then we have also had this uh, Corona situation. Uh, uh, everybody has been buying uh, goods uh, and hopefully some will also start to, to buy uh, 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 other things than, than goods uh, again, uh, traveling yeah, and uh, so forth. Yes. Um, but but um, the the constraints that we've seen in supply chains, I think that will lead to that uh, a number of, of uh, companies, also our customers, maybe also the customers we do not have, the potential customers, they will start to consider how, how, how do we uh, secure our supply chain going forward? Hmm. Is that true uh, supplies from uh, two different suppliers? It's, it, is it true supplies from GPV from two different factories? Or, or what is the... Uh, the uh, the measure that you want to take. Yeah. Yeah. Dieter, is um, shorter supply chains an oversimplification? And what do you see changing in the industry as a result of the issues we've seen? There is a lot of movement uh, in present. Uh, people are more uh, looking into sustainability. Uh, they are thinking about carbon dioxide footprint. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition, let's be realistic, 60% of all electricity in China is still manufactured using coal. Mm -hmm. uh, now, one uh, burning one ton of coal creates... Uh, uh, 3.6 tons of carbon dioxide. Let's uh, let's face that. And uh, um, uh, China is still a huge contributor to uh, to the carbon dioxide problems we have. 
so uh, even China now realized that they have to do something and they are now cutting off uh, regions uh, uh, from the power supply for a couple of days. Now, just imagine you are an OEM having uh, your products being manufactured in that region, and all of a sudden your supplier tells you, I'm sorry, for the next two weeks I can't supply you with anything. Um, mm. People are rethinking, and uh, it is a much more critical thing. And uh, in reversion of a statement that uh, a big American consulting company made uh, 30 years in the United States, I say it's not a question whether you get your production out of China, but how fast? It's um, when. Yeah, not if, but when. It's it's fascinating, isn't it, Bowen? You know, meantime, you're doing what you're doing in terms of expansion strategy and looking at where you're growing your business. You've recently opened a facility in Sri Lanka, for example. Talk to me a bit about your current footprint and how you see that shifting as you as you invest in different regions. Hello, is it okay that I correct you a little bit uh, regards mm-hmm. uh, to Sri Lanka? Um, we have ha- we have uh, an uh, electronics uh, manufacturing site in Sri Lanka, and it has actually been existing since 1985. So okay. it has a, a long uh, history behind it. Uh, but what we just recently announced that uh, that was that we are building a new, uh, completely new factory uh, there mm-hmm. uh, to. Uh, uh, replace the uh, existing one and uh, to increase uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, square meter or square feet, uh, so, yeah. so uh, giving room for, for more uh, capacity. Um, and, and uh, uh, you know, being this uh, medium-sized company as we are, uh, it is... Uh, it has a great, great value that uh, we can uh, do more in the places where we have an existing and uh, uh, well-working, uh, uh, well-qualified uh, organization with good competences uh, as we have in, in all our factories, but also in Sri Lanka. Um, so we have not uh, uh, been using a lot of time. We did uh, do some uh, consider- considerations. Uh, should we build in Sri Lanka? And we're also going to announce that we're uh, extending again in, in uh, Thailand here later mm-hmm. uh, in this uh, year. Um, should we build uh, there in these two places or should it be in Vietnam or Philippines or, or so? But there is so much value, uh, we think, in, in, in uh, extending uh, where we have already well-operating organizations mm-hmm. um, uh, instead of, of uh, making a, a greenfield. Uh, at least we have learned uh, from the green fields that we have uh, have in uh, in um, Slovakia and in Mexico that it takes time uh, one thing that is to to hire uh, in uh, good qualified people um, that can be difficult in itself but that is uh, the least problem um, you need to to get them acquainted to uh, work together uh, as a team uh, to uh, uh, help them uh, uh, actually to to get this necessary efficiency that you need uh, in an uh, EMS uh, landscape. Um, and we can see that that, has, uh, that takes uh, quite a, a bit of uh, resources. Yeah. Um, so, so we are actually concerned about that uh, where we are, we would like to have larger uh, sites because we strongly believe that there is a, 
economy of scale in, in EMFs uh, sites mm-hmm. um, rather than to start up uh, new uh, greenfield sites. Okay. So I think that will be our focus in the, in the coming period to, to strengthen the, what we have. Yeah, yeah, to build to build where you are, and you, as you say, you have you have stuff in the Americas, you have stuff in Europe, you have stuff in Asia. Are they? Is there a lot of stuff coming from those regions from outside of Europe into Europe, or are you starting to see an increased demand in Asia for Asia and in in the Americas for uh, for the USA, for example? Um, I, I, we we are in Mexico because of. Uh, USA and, and Canada. So, so mm. that is region for region, uh, no, no doubt about that. Um, what we are doing in Europe uh, is not all of it uh, for, for Europe, uh, but most of it. Uh, what we're doing in Asia, that is for, for primary for, for Europe, uh, US, and uh, thirdly for, for the region uh, there. Yeah. What yeah. we, however, see strongly, that is that the U.S. customers, they want to get their production out of China. Yeah, yeah. So that becomes an important part of that strategy. Dieter, yes. when you look at the sweet spot that um, that GPV are in, in terms of scale, do you think it's essential to have that global footprint now? What do you think is the, is the, is the perfect footprint? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think uh, for a company of the size of GPV, uh, being, uh, I think, at the moment, number eight of the European uh, uh, EMS manufacturers. Uh, uh, if you're playing in that uh, uh, field, you, you need to have a global footprint. Your customers uh, will more and more demand that you uh, manufacture close to the end market. Yeah? And if you want to make sure that you uh, not just manufacture for Europe, but you manufacture for the United States, for other uh, markets, and let's face it, India is a huge potential market for the future. So um, I think we will see a lot of uh, development. And there is one area which has not been mentioned for the last uh, years at all, uh, but I'm closely uh, looking at it, and that is uh, uh, the United Arab Emirates and all of the Middle East is developing much faster than any other uh, market. And um, I've just been in Dubai again. Uh, there is just one EMS manufacturer in the Arabian world, and that is in Saudi Arabia. But other than that, there is no one. So, uh, yes, we will uh, see this strategy of further regionalization, and the big ones need to have factories in all those regions. Yeah. Yeah, in region to support region, as you said, Bo. So looking looking forward, and I know we, we have a limited amount of time, so I wanted to kind of wrap up with this. But when you look at the challenges we're currently facing and going into uh, 2022, what's your level of optimism for, for, the, for the coming 12 months? What are your expectations for next year, both for GPV and for the industry? Um, I'm actually quite optimistic. Uh, I, I think from um, nature, I'm, I am quite uh, optimistic, uh, even though that I know also that it will probably require a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm quite uh, optimistic. Uh, 
uh, I can see that we have uh, a record high order book. I'm sure that many others also have. We also understand the reasons why we have this uh, record high order book. That's because of the long uh, uh, forecasts. Um, mm. But if if demand is uh, keeping up uh, at, a, at a sensible level, then we will also uh, be able to have a, a sensible uh, 2022 Um And, and then in our industry, we have to be uh, uh, fast in reacting uh, if uh, things change uh, and uh, we are close to, to the steering wheel all the time. Uh, so we will also act uh, if, uh, if needed. But um, basically, I'm uh, quite uh, optimistic about uh, 2022 um, and also uh, going on. Uh, yeah. further but 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 of course uh, there will be new bumps on the road uh, maybe we'll see some corona uh, start to uh, to disturb us again um, to a certain extent maybe demand will um, go down a little bit uh, uh, or, or change then we'll uh, we'll um, work with that and i'm sure that we will also be able to uh, come well through uh, the next year Yeah, and I think you're right, Bo. I think um, optimism. I, you know, I completely agree with you. I'm a natural optimist as well. I'm not sure Dees is quite as optimistic as us. He's, he's, he's he smiles less than we do. Um, but I think when we look at when we look at the industry, there's reason to be optimistic. There will be bumps in the road. The idea of a firm hand on the steering wheel is, uh, I think, is I think is essential because you've got to be able to react. Dieter, do you see that across the board? And is agility and ad adaptability the key to survival and success at the moment yeah well um, some companies uh, i have to say will be in in trouble and it will be in the majority uh, the smaller companies with uh, a low equity ratio mm. and uh, Uh, now is suffering from the fact that inventories are eating cash and uh, uh, generating a problem for them. And uh, I already see it uh, this year that companies are dying, smaller companies are dying, because um, they are uh, not clever enough uh, to uh, pull the brakes and uh, look for a potential buyer from the industry. We, we at the moment have a huge M&A market at the moment. The unfortunate thing is that there is more potential buyers than there is sellers. Yeah? But as well, it means that uh, uh, on top of what Bo mentioned in regards to 22, the organic growth we're going to see, we will see Uh, continued inorganic growth and at the uh, same time the amount of players will reduce which is all beneficial for this industry so mm -hmm. uh, this industry has in my opinion a bright future and if you just look at the uh, stock listed uh, uh, companies in in Europe in uh, our industry Uh, you see beautiful uh, developments uh, in regards to shareholder values. Yeah? So yeah. Uh, I have no doubt that yeah. we are working in an industry uh, with a very bright future. Yeah. So optimism from data as well there. Yeah, I think the future is... I think the future is bright for the industry. There are lots of opportunities and there will continue to be opportunities. And I think what's really interesting about the European market is compared to the US, it's way less outsourced. So there are opportunities for the total available market to grow substantially. Yes. So that's exciting. 
So, Bo, 60 more years, what do you think? Is that too long? Too long for you? It's at least too long for me, yes. <laughs> uh, I can uh, I can rather, uh, I think I can nearly guarantee that uh, uh, even that you have to be very careful with, uh, with giving guarantees in this, this world. Uh, yeah. I, I think my, my duty and our duty, that is to, uh, to uh, make sure that DPV is uh, so strong uh, that uh, we can uh, pass on uh, to uh, the next uh, uh, persons who are going to, uh, to take care of our business mm-hmm. in a way so that there is a, a good foundation, a good uh, um, um, business case uh, so that DPV has a, a good chance to, to survive uh, also for the next uh, 60 years and, and more. Uh, I don't see why it shouldn't be like that. Um, maybe two comments to what uh, we have just discussed, if it's okay, uh, mm. and, and what Dieter said. Uh, I think um, I, of course, also see the same consolidation in the European uh, market. And I, I think we will also see that uh, that there will be a need to be uh, larger in order to be able to to conduct this business in a way uh, so that uh, we are also relevant uh, partners, suppliers to our customers. Um, and I think maybe we could help ourselves uh, and help each other to, to put a little bit more focus on that we are actually also an industry supporting a lot of what is needed uh, for this uh, transition uh, into a greener uh, world, many of the things which is which are needed in order to do this transition require some kind of electronics. Mm. Uh, and so I think that it's not just because we can do more outsourcing, uh, but it's also because it's actually a very important element uh, in this uh, transition uh, and to live up to these uh, different uh, ESG goals and uh, sustainability goals. Uh, so we play a, 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 an important role. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And that's a great note to end on, um, Bo, because I often think that, you know, maybe sometimes technology has been the problem, but I think it can definitely be the solution. It has so much to offer uh, in terms of, in terms of you know, cleaner energy and, and um, cleaner, cleaner mobility and all kinds of good stuff. Dieter, any final words before we wrap up? Well, I think we've covered uh, most of the uh, questions which probably our audience uh, at the moment has. And uh, I can only say, uh, Bo, you're doing a good job uh, with GPV and uh, uh, really let's hope that there will be a prosperous next 60 years. Thank you, Dita. Fantastic. Dieter, Bo, keep doing what you're doing. Dieter, thanks so much for your time. Thank you both for talking to me. And I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.